Hello, my name is Stephen King. I'd like to welcome you all to my very first episode for my podcast, What Happened to Them Boys? Uh, this podcast will be strictly discussing what has happened to the Dallas Cowboys since the Jerry Jones era started. We're talking about the most, or at least one of the most recognizable franchises in the entire world. Not just the state of Texas, not the United States, but in the entire world. So we'll be covering these topics. We'll dive into a few other things that are Cowboys related as well. But the central focus of this podcast will be to uh, discuss what's happened to the boys. You know, Jimmy Johnson, very successful Dallas Cowboys head coach, coined the phrase, how about them Cowboys? You know, after they won a game and I believe they were heading to the Super Bowl. Um, and at that time, you know, this, this city was on fire and, and the franchise was on fire. But here lately, and when I say lately, uh, we're talking two and a half plus decades, there is no fire. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no how about them Cowboys locker room celebrations. It's been pretty dismal around here if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, and not just in the city of Dallas, not just in the state of Texas, but again, we're talking about a franchise that has fans around the world. They have a, a, an international fan base that is so accustomed to them winning and is, that is so accustomed to the annual success of this franchise. So we're all trying to figure out, man, you know, what happened to them boys? Has anybody seen them boys? Has anybody seen the Dallas Cowboys that so many people over the past five plus decades fell in love with? And, you know, I'll start off by discussing uh, some of the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Because I know a lot of people are fans, but they may not know the true history of the Dallas Cowboys. And the Dallas Cowboys weren't always the Dallas Cowboys. Um, according to ProFootballHOF.com, which is the official website for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, that's in Canton, Ohio, uh, you look at the team history of the, uh, of the Cowboys and ProFootballHOF.com states, in 1960, the Dallas Cowboys became the NFL's first successful new team since the collapse of the All-America Football Conference 10 years earlier. Clint Murchison Jr. was the new team's majority owner, and his first order of business was to hire Tech Schramm as general man manager, Tom Landry as head coach, and Gil Brandt as player personnel director. So I'll talk about a, f uh, a few of those names that I just, I just um, mentioned in the reading. Uh, the first is Tech Schramm. Tech Schramm is like the genius of marketing and advertising. 
what we see today as far as how much coverage there is for the NFL, Tech Schramm was the pioneer of that for the Dallas Cowboys. And so part of that is why the Dallas Cowboys were coined America's team. That was Tech Schramm. Okay, and I'll touch on that here in just a moment. I'll come back to that. Um, but he was the general manager at the time. Tom Landry, legendary head coach, um, only coached the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tom Landry was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for, uh, let's see, 29 years, 28, 29 years. Uh, because ironically, takes um, Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry when he bought the team. So Tom Landry was the head coach. And then Gil Brandt uh, was player personnel director. And Gil Brandt is still today very active in football. And he's like a football guru. You know, he's someone when he talks about football, uh, you listen and, and everybody listens. And so that kind of gives you an idea of why this team was so successful. The people behind the team were very successful people, um, you know, successful throughout their professional careers with the Cowboys and successful in their careers after they left the Cowboys. Um, so just to, to read further from profootballhof.com, uh, it says playing in the story Cotton Bowl, which is where they started playing, the 1960 Cowboys had to settle for one tie in 12 games, and Dallas didn't break even until its sixth season in 1965. But in 1966, the Cowboys began an NFL record streak of 20 consecutive winning seasons. That streak included 18 years in the playoffs, 13 divisional championships, five trips to the Super Bowl, and victories in Super Bowls six and Super Bowls 12. That is a lot of success in a very short period of time for a brand new franchise. Now, again, this podcast is what happened to them boys. 20 consecutive winning seasons and a new guy comes in and buys that team. So Jerry Jones didn't just buy any team. He bought one of the most, if not the most successful football team in the entire league when he took over the Dallas Cowboys. He bought a problem. You know, that's a problem. You've got to duplicate. You've got to duplicate that success. People aren't going to sit around and just watch you be miserable and watch you be unsuccessful and watch you just put out mediocre teams year after year. You'll lose your fan base. But somehow, some way, and I guess this is who this is Jerry Jones, he hasn't lost that fan base. 
years and years, as I said before, two and a half plus decades without a Super Bowl. And this team is still considered America's team. And they're still in top three of most recognizable sports franchises in the entire world. So let's 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 talk a little bit more about the pre-Jerry Jones, meaning before Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys. So in 19, again, this is according to ProFootballHOF.com. In 1967, the owner, Murchison, announced that the Cowboys would build their own stadium in suburban Irving, Texas. A new Dallas Pro Football era began on October 24, 1971 when 65,024-seat Texas Stadium was open. The Cowboys of the 1970s and early 1980s were known as America's team, an outfit that was just a step ahead of almost every other club when it came to image-enhancing promotions, such as the Dallas Cowboys Newsweekly, with a circulation of 100,000 sales of Cowboys souvenirs and apparel and the famous Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. All right. So what I just read to you from profootballhof.com, again, this is the uh, website for the Pro Football Hall of, Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. That speaks directly to the marketing genius of Tex Ram. They had a newspaper that they would send out. But I had a circulation of 100,000, I mean, 100,000 cup people were paying to receive this newspaper. However frequently it went out, whether it was weekly, monthly, whatever the case may be, people were paying to get it. They were selling Dallas Cowboys souvenirs and apparel. Then they had the world famous Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. So when Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys, I'm not sure he was looking at football. I think Jerry was looking at something else. And I think he was looking at the opportunity to make a lot of money. And it just so happened to be a football team that he was buying to do that. Yeah, seems to me... When you look at that and you think about it, right now the Cowboys are very profitable, but they're not winning. So that says a lot, you know, when you stop and think about it. It says a lot about the people who own the Dallas Cowboys. Are they committed to winning? Are they more committed to making sure they keep the brand profitable? Now, as a football fan, a lot of us don't care about how much money <laughs> the organization makes. But the franchise has to make money because the franchise has to pay the players. And if you've seen football contracts, you know, they make, you know, some of them, not all. But some of the players make quite a bit of money. And regardless of how much they all know, it all adds up. 
you got to take care of the stadiums. You got to pay all the employees. I mean, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. You know, so for an owner, sometimes winning may not be the most important thing because the owner has to make sure people get paid. But here's the thing. I'm going to go back to something I talked about earlier. Tech Schramm, when he took on his position within the Dallas Cowboys organization back in 1960, Tech Schramm was the general manager. That meant he was in charge of recruiting. I'm sorry, scouting. Um, he was in charge of drafting. And he had an ability to market. So that's something that just as like an extra perk that came along with it. Well, the Tex Ram didn't own the team. Clint Murchison Jr. owned the team. Now, fast forward to 1989 when Jerry Jones buys the team. Jerry Jones takes on the role of general manager. So he's the owner which means he has to make sure people get paid, but then he's also the general manager. He's the person that determines who gets drafted. So he picks and chooses the players that play for the team. Now we've got an issue because the same guy that has to make sure that the, the team is making money is the same guy that's picking players could be a conflict of interest in who he picks. He may pick a player because it'll help him make money. Not saying that's what he does, but when you think about it, it's a conflict of interest, really. I mean, should the owner of the team also be the general manager? That's not how it worked when the team first started, and that team had an NFL record streak of 20 consecutive winning seasons with the general manager and the owner being two different individuals within the organization. But we'll talk about that later. But I'm just kind of laying a foundation for, for, you know, what happened to them boys? Where'd they go? Where'd, where'd the Super Bowls go? Where'd the parades go? Where'd the NFC, you know, NFC championship games go? You know, where's the playoff victories? Haven't been a lot of those, a lot of losing seasons. You know, wh wh when are we going to get a streak of 20 consecutive winning seasons so we can be as fired up as the people who were back in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s about the Dallas Cowboys? You know, these are things we're going to talk about moving forward. But I just want to kind of lay a foundation for what the, for what the podcast will consist of on a, a weekly basis. Uh, so, hey, again, Stephen King, What Happened to Them Boys podcast. Thank you so much for, for listening and looking forward to getting your feedback and looking forward to putting the next podcast up for you guys to listen to. Take care. God bless. <laughs>